pray together. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to read together the parts in bold, 
He is risen indeed. You'll read this loud together. From the darkness of the grave, blood poured out, a crown of thorns. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. From the triumph that is won over the power and fear of death, Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. Walking from the empty tomb, opening wide the gates of life, Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. One more time, real loud. Christ the Lord is risen today. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive, and it's all because the blood of Jesus Christ, it covers me. Maker of heaven and of earth, no one can comprehend your work. Over all the universe, you be the glory. I'm alive, and I'm alive because I'm alive in you. It is all.
We celebrate that Christ's death and resurrection gives us life, not just after this one, but in the here and now as well. He came to offer life and life to the full. So we continue to worship. Let's just remember that what his sacrifice gives us is life, life to the full here and now. Let's just sing this together. Whoa. First church choir, let's sing it out.
God, we thank you for offering us life. You would rather die than be without us. So God, help us this morning to soak that in, help us to celebrate, and help us to just understand your love a little bit better. So in Jesus' name we pray. God's people said, amen. You can have a seat. As a way to uh, just celebrate some of this new life, we, uh, we have this pretty neat video. We, uh, we believe around here in restoring God's ideal. We get to be a part of trying to make things a little bit better, trying to be a part of God's work in fixing broken things. And uh, sometimes that means across the world, on the other side of the planet, in Malawi or in Haiti, um, but right now, it, it means right in our own uh, community. And so check out this, this video of where your dollars have gone to, to make someone's life a little bit better. What's up, First Church? Hey, we're here at the Benton Heights campus, and um, we wrapped up a series, Satisfied. And during that series, we had what was called the Dollar Club. We encouraged all of our campuses um, to give $1 bills. And what we were going to do is we were going to bring all those monies together, and we were going to bless somebody in our community. Well, here's the issue. We have um, the Hoffmans. Uh, they come here to the Benton Heights campus, and um, Doug has been under um, kind of a, a financial maybe burden, I guess. Um, super faithful man, loves the Lord and faithful to the church. Um, his wife has, has been in the hospital, in and out of the hospital this past year, and so he's been hit with unexpected bills. And just a few weeks ago, his truck blew up. And so now there's that unexpected financial burden. So what we're gonna do, he thinks that he's showing up for an interview about a new faith sermon series that we're going to start. And um, he thinks he's going to share his story, but really what we're going to do is we're going to bless him. Doug, we're here because um, we're starting a brand new sermon series uh, about faith and about men of faith. And, um, you know, personally, you being here at Benton Heights, man, right. you've really, really um, inspired me when it comes to faith and having faith. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, because we because I've seen things going on in your life right. and you share things with me. Exactly. And um, so, for example, uh, uh, your wife, Tammy, right. um, a year ago she got in a car wreck, but before that she's had some health issues. Yeah, she's been dealing with health issues since about 1998. Uh, first found out that she had stomach issues, which was uh, a form of colitis, not quite Crohn's disease. Uh, we finally got that under control. Then she started having issues with migraines, mm -hmm. and yeah. we're still battling those. Um, then we had uh, uh, other small issues with health problems, yeah. but in and out of the hospital, doctor's offices. And then, not, not, not only was Miss Tammy maybe sometimes in and out of the hospital, right. um, not only those bills, but a couple of weeks ago, your, your truck, My truck blew up. Yep, yep. And so, After we lost the other vehicle in July of last year when she was in the car accident. Right. So we, had, we were down to one vehicle at that point, and then just last, or two weeks ago, we lost the truck, which we had been babying along because it's a 1999. <laughs> and finally that died. So right now we're renting a car, waiting for something to come along. Well, you know, Doug, man, um, be honest with you, um, uh, there is no um, Fate Series. But um, uh, the Dollar Club, we want to bless you and Tammy oh. with over $1,600. Thank you very much. To put a down payment Thank on you. a new car. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks to, thanks to the church family. Yeah. Couldn't, be, couldn't go through it without them either. Yeah, man. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You just have to remember that you have your faith in God, and he's going to make you go through it and get you through it. What an awesome example of restoring God's ideal. And it all comes to thanks to you, our congregation, for uh, being generous and uh, supporting the Dollar Club. And um, my name's Chris, and I'm the missions director here. And I get to see firsthand all of the great things that we're involved with here locally, but also overseas. Uh, so a special welcome to all of you who are joining us here today, uh, here at the St. Joe campus, but also a special welcome to those of you joining us on our online campus. Uh, if you are new here, uh, we realize that this is a big space. There's a lot of people. It's hard to get connected. So we've tried to make this space feel smaller, and we have divided it into three section communities. So 
For instance, over here, this is section 201, this is section 202, and this is section 203. Um, and each section has a group of section leaders, and they would love to meet you, get to know you, answer any questions you have, but really help you get plugged in. So after the service, feel free to connect with one of them. Uh, they're wearing the lanyards. Or you can also feel free to stop by our info hub uh, out in the gathering area or also online. Um, now, this is the point of the service where we continue as an extension of our worship uh, to take up the offering. And that's where we, again, through the generosity of this church, we get to do some really amazing and cool stuff like the Dollar Club. So if we'd have the ushers come forward, I'll pray, and uh, we'll take up, take up our tithes and offerings. God, we thank you so much um, for your gift of your son and um, for his death and and resurrection, God, that we know that the story goes on and we know that we can have hope. Um, even when we're facing times of despair or loss or grief, that we know that there is something to look forward to. And God, we, uh, we thank you so much for your grace that um, whether or not we accept it, it's there and that it is surrounding us. And so God, I pray that you would just open our eyes today to, to really come to understand your love in a new way. Those of us who have maybe been Christians for a long time, God, that you would help us to maybe have a deeper understanding and, and see where you, you love us that we may not have realized it. And for those of us here, God, that maybe haven't accepted your love, that you would um, just allow them to see how much you care about them and that, that, God, that you didn't expect us to be perfect and then you died for us, but you died for us while we were still sinners and that you love us just as we are. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. song together from a church called Elevation Church. And I think you'll pick it up quick, but if not, just use these words to reflect again on what Christ did for us. The resurrected King is resurrecting you.
The Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. He has turned tragedy to triumph and misery into victory. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. So we shout our praise to the risen Son that everyone on earth would come to know Him, author of hope and justice and peace, giver of life and light and love. Lord of lords, friend of sinners, Savior, Redeemer, King of kings, Christ the Lord is risen today.
to Christ our King. And God's people said, Amen. You can have a seat. Well, that first Easter morning was not the celebratory experience that we've had today in this place. It was a morning where the women had come together and they were, it started out in early in the morning when they had gathered together to, uh, they were going to go to anoint Jesus' body with some spices that they had gathered. And it was a morning filled with grief and heartache and feelings of loss. They had agreed to, to meet early to, uh, to come together to, as his, as his friends, as his followers, the rabbi that they had followed now lay dead and the last thing uh, that they felt that they could do, the, 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 the moment that they could kind of give back is coming together now and going to the tomb to anoint his body with these spices. I'm sure that uh, some of you, and many of you, probably all of you have come to those points in your life where you went to bed hoping that when you wake up, the, the events and that whatever is going on in your life would just, would just be totally different. It would be just some, some crazy dream and the, the nightmare that you're in would uh, would be different when you woke up. And that was the way they, they went to bed that night. But when they got up the next morning, they realized and they had that renewed, fresh realization that Jesus lay dead in a tomb. And the flood of that reality washed over them in ever-increasing, heartbreaking waves. The one that they had come to know and love and follow now lay dead. Their plan was to, to engage in this one final, most respectful, loving thing that they could do, and that is to go anoint his body. It's Jesus, the one that we had loved, the one that we had hoped would be the Messiah, the one that, that had been humiliated and beaten and unjustly accused and flogged within an inch of his life and now lay dead after the horrific crucifixion what what more horrible way for someone to die than to be crucified it was the worst possible death and now here they've come together to pay their last respects and so let's go along with the women to the tomb in Luke 24 starting with verse 1 it says but on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. When they, and while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. Remember, he told you that he, uh, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. So as they came into that early morning time, they're, they're, they come together and they're on their way to the tomb. They've gathered these spices. They're on their way to the tomb and they're so distraught. The book of Mark tells us that they hadn't even thought who's going to roll the, the stone away from the entrance to the tomb. The Roman soldiers had put it there to seal forever the tomb of Jesus. And, and how are we going to roll the stone away? They, go, they continue to go though. They're kind of, you know, what are we going to do? You can see the, 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 the distraught nature of this uh, all this entire experience. They get, to the, they get to the tomb. To their utter dismay and shock, the stone has already been rolled away. Now what do you think? Again, I want you to put yourself, I want this to be a journey with them into this scene. What, what do you think that they experience as they, as they see the stone has been rolled away? What do you think their first thought, their first inclination of what's going on was? It wouldn't have been that Jesus has risen from the dead. I mean, that was the farthest thing from their mind. First thought, I'm sure, was something along the lines of, you know, I can't believe these people that, that have crucified our, our, our master, that have crucified Jesus, and now, and now they've, they've come and they've desecrated his body. They've, they've come and they've, they've done who knows what to his body. I mean, they thought that their day couldn't get any worse, and yet now it has gotten worse. And so as they're standing there, the scripture says, dismayed and shock, it says, they were perplexed by this. And that word perplexed comes from a, a Greek word in the original language. 
That, it's, that it describes someone as, as, as having uh, such doubt that they don't know where to turn. Maybe you've been in those kind of situations where some, something so horrific is going on. There's so, so many things happening. You're just so perplexed that you don't know. Your mind doesn't know where to turn. And that was them in that moment. They're paralyzed by what's going on in this situation. And as they're standing there, dumbstruck, dazed, two men appeared, Scripture says, in dazzling apparel. Now, when you... See, and again, I want you to be in this space. And as you think about dazzling apparel, I want you to imagine what it's like. We're not talking about terry cloth bathrobes. We're not talking about, uh, you know, Elton John in a vintage 1974, you know, costume to go play uh, on stage. We're not talking about Lady Gaga at the Grammys kind of dazzling apparel. We're talking about Lord of the Rings, second movie, Helm's Deep. The elven warriors are coming there with their golden armor kind of moment. And that's the angelic beings that are standing there that caused them was it was a, it was understandable because they it says they they bow and they they they're they're awestruck they're in fear as they stand there you don't get that when someone comes in you with a terry cloth cloth bathrobe that's not the scene and they bow before these angelic beings and do you remember what they said what scripture tells us that the angels said to them why do you seek the living among the dead. Why do, you, why do you come into this place? Why do you come into this, these tombs? Why do you come to this grave? Why do you come here to find the one? And what's the implication? The implication is that Christ is not in this tomb. That Christ is not dead. The implication, the thing that the angel is alluding to is that he is alive. You're in the wrong place. You're never going to find him here in the tombs if you've come to find Jesus. Verse 6 talks about that. They try to remind the women, don't you remember when he, he told you this? He told you this is going to happen. Don't you remember in, in, in Galilee? You remember you were there? You remember that, that time he was talking to you along the, along the seashore? Don't you remember? He told you about what's going to happen in the future? And he told you he'd be taken by, by, a, by an angry mob? He told you that he would, be, he would be crucified? He told you to be beaten? He told you that he would rise again? Don't you remember? And I want you to take note. Of their response because I would just offer it up to you as we are in this moment with them it's the same response that we need to have on this resurrection morning the same reaction that they had on the first resurrection morning the same response and it's first we need to remember they finally remembered they remember that that, that Jesus actually when they go back and think about it that he had actually said it on a multitude of different occasions that he would be taken that he would suffer that he would be killed and that he would rise three days later and finally it clicked Finally, the angels jogged their memory and they remember what he had said about the resurrection. And I want us to remember what Jesus has said about the resurrection. I want us to understand and to remember the implications. Remember what he said. Remember what the rest of Scripture talks about when it talks about the resurrection, when it talks about life and death and not only this world but the world to come. I want us to remember today. It's important that we remember on this resurrection morning. Do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said that he said, I'll rise again. And friends, Jesus always keeps his word. And Jesus rose again. You remember what Jesus said? Remember what Jesus said? He's trying to encourage the disciples in John 14. And they had come and he knew that he was going to soon depart. He knew that he would be soon taken and beaten and, and crucified and laid into a tomb. And he knew that he would rise again. And so he says to them, you know what? I'm going away, but I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. We need to remember that Jesus said this. And there in my father's house are many mansions, many rooms. If we're not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. But I am coming back to take you to be with me. We need to remember that Jesus told us that he's coming back. We need to remember what the scripture says in Romans 8. It tells us that those who are in Christ will be raised with Christ. The dead in Christ will rise. First Thessalonians tells us that there is going to be a great getting up morning. And on that great getting up morning that, that, that God will, will, will tell the archangel to blow the trumpet. And the trumpet call of God will, will be blown. And Jesus will come back and he will take those who have died in Christ and they, they, will be, they will rise with him. They will rise again. We need to remember that. That there is coming a day when Christ is coming back. As we put our faith in him, we will be resurrected. We need to remember what First Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 51, says about death, about resurrection, about all of this. When it says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, some of us will not die. Some of us will maybe be around when the Lord comes back. Not all of us will sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, 
at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to remember what Jesus said. Remember what the scripture says about death, about resurrection, about the new life, about, and I wish I had time to talk to you about heaven and about how awesome that's going to be. Because scripture talks about it. It talks about that, that, that when we die and when we're resurrected, that there is a heaven, there's a heavenly home and, and there's streets of gold and there's this wonderful angelic host and it's going to be awesome. We need to remember what scripture says. It's a game changer. It's a game changer what Jesus says when he says that I will rise again. That's a game changer for us now and it's a game changer for all eternity. We need to remember. Secondly, go back to the text in verse 9. So they, they hear, they remember, the, their memories get jogged and they think, well, maybe, just maybe that he's risen from the dead. I mean, it's confirmed by these angels and they remember what Jesus said himself and the tomb is empty. So maybe, just maybe, so they go back to where the, the rest of the disciples, the followers of Jesus, the crowd was gathered it was the 11 disciples plus some others it says the others and so it's basically it's where all the men were all the, all the, and the women are doing as they often do the heavy lifting here you know they're the ones going to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus where are the guys they're cowering in fear and that's kind of what was going on and now let's 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 catch up with the men in the story and returning from the tomb they told all these things to the 11 and all the rest now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Jesus rose, or Peter rose, and ran to the tomb, stooping and look, looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. It's finally clicked. It's finally clicked, and they go back, and they remember what Jesus said, and they go back to tell the others. And notice the response. I want you to, again, kind of be in the room with them. I want you to be in the room with the, the, the women as they kind of relate this story. You never believe what we saw. We get to the tomb. It's early morning. The stone has been rolled away, and we thought that maybe his body had been taken or somebody had, 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 had destroyed, destroyed his body or whatever, but then there were these angels that were there, and they told us why you seek, seek the living among the dead, and then they reminded us that, remember what Jesus said? Remember we were in Galilee? You were there. You guys were there with us. What was the response of the disciples? You guys are crazy. Verse 11 says that the words seemed to them idle, an idle tale. They didn't believe them. You guys are crazy. You sound crazy. You are crazy. You're delirious. You're talking nonsense. I mean, can you imagine again the conversation as, as the disciples are, 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 are in disbelief and the, the women have related this story and they're telling them you guys are crazy, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I mean, people don't rise from the dead. Who ever heard of that? They had forgotten that Jesus raised the widow's son from the dead in Luke 7. They had forgot about Jairus, the synagogue leader's daughter who Jesus had raised from the dead in Luke 8. They had forgot about Lazarus. Remember the story of Lazarus? Lazarus, that when Jesus came and he was already he'd been dead for a few days, and Jesus comes and he speaks that come forth Lazarus. And Lazarus comes out of his grave and he has all these grave clothes on him. Do you remember that story? It says, and, and if you look at the story, it says that it was the apostles and the others, the other followers. What if Lazarus was there? What if Lazarus was in the room and, and everybody's talking about, nobody believes in the resurrection. No, people don't raise from the dead and there's Lazarus sitting in the corner of the room. But they didn't believe. They didn't believe except one guy believed. Except Peter. Peter is the one guy when the women begin to tell the story about what they'd seen and what they'd heard and what they'd experienced. Peter's in the, in the corner of the room and he was the one that had rejected Jesus. He's the one that has beaten himself up and he wished he could just have another chance. He wished he could have one more chance to just have a conversation with Jesus. And now the, the, the women, they begin to tell the story and he begins in his heart, to, it begins to burn in him. Maybe just, maybe he's alive. Maybe I'll have that chance. And it says that Peter gets up when everybody else is disbelieving and Peter gets up and he runs to the tomb to see it for himself, to see the resurrection for himself 
And friends, I want to encourage you today to have that same kind of response, to run and experience the resurrection yourself, to decide. Peter decided. When everybody else said it was crazy talk, Peter decides to to go and experience it for himself. And we live in an age when there are many that still look at the story of the resurrection and they say, well, that's just idle talk. There even are self-proclaimed Jesus followers that would say that the resurrection is not a literal resurrection, that it's just talking about some higher, you know, blah 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 kind of stuff, and it didn't really actually happen. There are liberal seminaries and dominations that would say that, Jesus, that following Jesus' death, that, that the, the disciples uh, had, had what they felt was, was real experiences moving forward with Jesus. He wasn't literally with them, but, but figuratively he was with them. Like Peter, when, when he experienced at the, at the seashore the, the forgiveness of Jesus, that, 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 that Peter experienced something, but it wasn't a literally. And, and so what they would say is that later, after those original disciples had died, and they felt so close to Jesus that these other disciples later on, years, decades, centuries later, wrote stories that kind of illustrated the experience they had, these figurative experiences that communicate some higher level truth. And all these stories about Peter connecting with Jesus on the seashore and stories about the women coming to the tomb, this all just gobbledygook stories from generations later. In other words, there are still people in our generation that see the story of the resurrection as an idle tale. The friend today. It's important that you understand that it is no idle tale. That it is true, that he is alive, that he rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, it makes a difference in your life today. You won't find Jesus in some crusty academia that doubts the veracity of the resurrection. You will not find Jesus in the dead tombs of disbelief you will find Jesus when you decide with Peter to run toward the resurrection and take a look for yourself and experience it for yourself and take a look into the tomb yourself Jesus Christ is alive I wish I had the the time to talk about the proofs for the resurrection the proofs internally within the original documents to talk to you about the proofs from the from the external documents the the other documents that aren't the extra biblical proofs that are out there like Josephus the great Jewish historian wasn't a Christ follower but he relates just matter-of-factly as he as he talks about historic events that Jesus Christ was crucified laid in a tomb and rose three days later there's all kinds of evidence The central claim of the New Testament is that Jesus Christ was physically resurrected after being crucified. And if this claim arose from decades of embellishment instead of historical truth, then friends, here's the reality, then then this is what that means. Then Jesus is dead, the apostles were liars, and our faith is worthless, and you just wasted your morning. But that's not the case. Because Jesus... Christ is alive. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Listen to what Corinthians says in Corinthians 15. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We've even we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified that, about God that he raised Christ. Whom he did not raise if it's true that the dead have not, has not been raised. In verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised. Your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Listen to what the Gospel Coalition quote from them says. Evidences from the first and second centuries reveal that eyewitness testimony about Jesus emerged rapidly and circulated reliably. The New Testament text relied on testimonies from apostolic eyewitnesses. And all of these texts were completed while the eyewitnesses were still alive. And that's why we declare today in this space, before all of you and across our internet campus, that Jesus Christ is alive. And the tomb is empty. And that fact makes a difference that he rose from the dead and we must decide what we will do with the central truth of the gospel 
It is the hinge pin, of, as, as 1 Thessalonians says, of our entire faith. We must decide. Is it an idle tale or is it like Peter decides that he will go and experience it for himself? One final thing real quick. In verse 12 it says, But Peter rose when they tears, he hears this story as his faith begins to well in him. And he runs to the tomb, stopping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. He sees it for himself. And he goes away from that personal experience marveling at what had happened. And our final response, I would encourage you to join Peter and to marvel this morning in the resurrection. To decide to marvel, to remember, to decide to marvel at what has happened. To marvel that our Savior is alive. To marvel at the fact that death could not hold him. To marvel at the fact that the tomb is empty. To marvel, I was trying to kind of think and kind of expand my mind and as to this, this awesome, this, this, how marvelous it is what Jesus did. And I was thinking about the tomb itself. And when the, when the women come to the tomb... That the thought that that, that that stone was rolled away, not because Jesus needed help to get out, but because he, God needed the eyewitnesses to be able to get into the tomb. He needed the women to be able to get in. He needed Peter to be able to stick his head in, to be eyewitnesses through their lifetime so that it could be written about. And in this generation that we could know and, and we could experience that, that as we talk about it, that the resurrection is real and true and he is alive. But that stone wasn't rolled away because Jesus needed help. He didn't need angelic, dazzlingly appareled angels to roll that stone away. In John 20, it talks about that there was a room the disciples were in after his resurrection and the door was closed and locked, but yet Jesus appears. Jesus is, he is God. He is risen. He was there when the foundations of this earth were created. He is, he transcends time and space and rock and wood and whatever. He didn't need the stone to be rolled away. We need to marvel at what happened in this moment. To marvel at the resurrection. To marvel at, at what it means to us. To marvel as we think about eternity. To marvel as we, as we think about salvation. The implications for salvation. To marvel at the implications for our hope beyond this world. To marvel at the sin, vanquishing, death, canceling reality of the power of the resurrection that no grave could hold our savior to marvel and to put our faith in him the greatest discovery in human history was not king tutankhamun's tomb it wasn't the rosetta stone it wasn't even the dead sea scrolls the greatest discovery in human history was the discovery of these women when they get to the tomb and find it empty the greatest, without question, without match, discovery in human history was those women coming to the tomb and finding the tomb of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ empty. And then the implications for us in our generation. Last week I had a chance to go with my dad. He invited me to go down to some spring training games down in Florida. And uh, he loves baseball. He lo he's a Cardinal fan. When I say a fan, it's probably a too light of word. He's really a, he's really, he's ate up. He's a follower. He's not just a fan. He's a follower of the Cardinals. And I, I you know what, last time I really cared about the Cardinals was, um, and I'm just, I just kind of hadn't been into baseball. My dad just loves it. And we went to baseball games all the time. And it just, he kind of wore me out as a kid. And so I, I just, I just, I'm not interested really. And, 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 but I wanted to be, hang out with my dad. I, I was interested because I wanted to be able to hang out with them. And, and so, he gets some tickets to the game. I go down, and so we are on our way to the game. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the last time I really uh, cared anything about the Cardinals, Ozzie Smith was playing shortstop. Anybody remember those days? That's like in the late '80s, I think. But, but my dad, we, we've got tickets, and we're on the way to the game. And I thought, you know what? I need to ask, kind of ask my, just kind of, kind of communicate with my dad a little bit and just kind of get kind of caught up a little bit on, on what's going on with the Cardinals. And so I said, Dad, can you kind of just tell me before we get to the game, kind of who we need to be watching, who I need to be watching for, kind of what's the latest on the Cardinals and kind of, kind of how they're doing and all that. It was an hour drive. I asked my dad as we got started that day, for one hour, my dad goes on and on and on. He tells me about every pitcher. He tells me about every injury. He tells me about every trade that happened in the offseason ad nauseum. We get to the ballpark. We get to the ballpark and um, we go in and I'm looking at my, my, my ticket. It's, it's row four. 
And so I'm going down row four. That's pretty cool. And so, you know, fourth row off the field. That's kind of nice. And he said it was kind of in the dugout kind of area. And so I go down, I go down, I go down, I keep walking. And row four is the row that is right directly behind the, and this particular section is right behind the dugout. There's a row one, two, and three, but they're over there and over there. Row four is right behind the dugout. And there's a dug, you know, the dugout has that little part that kind of juts out and all the guys are kind of underneath the, the front uh, or in the, uh, underneath there. Well, the place where I, my seat was where the dugout stops and you're standing there, and I'm looking into the dugout. I could reach down and look in, and I can see the players. And these little kids are all around me, and they're like vying for the. And they know everybody's name, and my dad knows everybody, and they're asking for autographs, and they're giving all these autographs. I'm like, I have no idea who they even was. I, when I kind of look down into the into the dugout, I don't know who the Bat Boys are. They're making ten bucks an hour, and who the guys making twenty million dollars are. I have no idea who any of these people are. My my mom said, Hey, David, I'd like to. It's really sunny and hot out. I'd like to buy you a hat. Why don't you go pick out a hat? So I picked out a hat, a St. Louis Cardinal hat. I showed my dad, hey dad, look at my new hat. He said, those aren't even the colors of the Cardinals. (laughs) Some of us today have kind of come, have kind of in, and as our worship team comes back up, you've kind of come in that kind of space that, uh, You've kind of come, maybe somebody invited you today, maybe, um, maybe you're here, you, you know the music would be cool, and, and it's kind of Easter, so you kind of come, and, and you're kind of like me, you're, you're, you're not really a follower, you're not maybe necessarily a fan, but you're open to kind of hear the claims about Jesus, and I want to invite you, and maybe, maybe you've come for some time, but you've never really crossed that line of faith and just said to Christ, Christ, I would, I would like you to be a part of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and I need, I need you in my life. And so would you forgive me? I know that what happened on the cross was you dying for my sin. And I need to recognize that. I need to confess that today in this place. I'm sorry. And would you come into my life? The reality of the resurrection, would you make that real for me? And I want to invite you to decide like Peter to marvel at the resurrection. Not continue to think that it's kind of just some idle talk. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ can make a difference for you. The band's going to play just a couple of lines from that song that we learned earlier about the resurrection. And I just would invite you into the space of just listening to God speak to you. And would you today like to encounter the resurrected Christ today? I'm going to come back and I'm going to just have a quick word of prayer with you if you'd like that. And I'll invite you to, to be able to do that by just raising a hand, nobody looking around and In just a moment, I'll come back and I'll pray with you. But just listen to these words and let the Spirit speak to you as you decide today what to do with the resurrection. The tomb where soldiers watched in vain Was borrowed for three days His body there would not Our God has robbed the
wall where, next to where you came in, that door. And anybody in this section today, and you told, you're just saying, and, and I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray, and that's going to be it. We're not going to ask you to do anything. You don't have to ask you to go anywhere or whatever. Just right where you're at your seat. But I want to pray that today that you seek the resurrection, that you seek the power of the resurrection. If you're saying today, God, I recognize I want Christ. I want, I want Christ in my life today. I want that resurrected Christ in my life. If you're here by the door, would you just raise your hand and make sure you make eye contact with me? And I'd love to pray with you in just a second. So just raise your hand where I can see you. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else in this section by the door? Thank you. About here in the middle, section 202, the good folk of 202. Anybody? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Just make eye contact with me. Make sure you do that so I can pray for you. About by the, this far section over here, Father God, I thank you for today. What this day represents, a day, Father, when you call us away from just seeing the resurrection as just idle talk, but into a, a space, God, where it makes a difference in our lives, that it makes a difference for the here and now, for all eternity. And so, Father, today, as we, as we raise a hand, as we pray to you, as we listen to this prayer, God, what we're saying is we want that deeper experience. We want to follow Christ, that we recognize that there is sin that we need to confess. And today, God, we thank you that the Savior died on the cross, was buried in a tomb, but resurrected. And that makes a difference. For God so loved the world that gives one and only Son. Whoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. And God, we celebrate that today. I thank you for every hand that went up and every hand that even couldn't go up because it was too emotional and too close and, and they wish that they had. And I pray for that person today too. And God, as we experience you today and the power of the resurrection, I thank you for setting us free, forgiving our sin. We love you. Thank you for the story of the resurrection that is not just a story, that is an experience that we can have. And we join Peter in deciding and marveling in the power of the resurrection. Thank you, Father. We celebrate you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Let's stand one final time. And just pray this closing prayer together. All the bold and one strong voice. Lord of life, you defeated death to demonstrate a love that is beyond our understanding. And together, let's say, Christ Jesus, help us bring your word of life as a light to those in darkness, to bring your word of peace to those enslaved by fear, to bring your word of love to those in need of comfort. Lord of resurrection life, be known through our lives. Christ the Lord is risen today. Christ the Lord is risen today. One last time. Christ the Lord is risen today. Your name, your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ. So glad to have you with us on Easter uh, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, if you're new, make sure, as uh, Chris said earlier, to connect with our section leaders. They've got the lanyards on. As you leave today, they've got a gift. And then a next step for you, we've got a class that gets started that's kind of a, as you saw in the, in the, uh, uh, the Pulse, 
It's a, a new class that gets started in April. Kind of goes through, takes you through all 66 books of the Bible. It's a three-week kind of crash course. Kind of a cool opportunity for you. And also, uh, our new series, That Church. We want to be that church uh, that makes a difference in our community and in our world. Uh, and it's a study through the book of Acts. And invite you to come back or use this to, uh, to invite someone to come with you. Lord, bless you. We're glad that you are here today. Lord, bless you on this Easter Sunday. Bless you as you go.